Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. I'm also excited because yesterday I got to celebrate 17 years of marriage. Can you believe that? 17 years she hasn't killed me. Can you believe that? That's a miracle all in itself. And um, again, you know, I, I say something right in the beginning that's kind of self-deprecating, and that's like the part that touches you the most, right? Last week, I said something about Tiffany looking better than I do, and that was like a resounding amen. It was the most excited that you guys have been all day today. Um, I talk about how I can be difficult, and you guys are like, that speaks to me, brother. 17 years of marriage, and you know what's crazy is, is sometimes people would say that the, the flame goes out or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that, that the more that Christ is revealed in me and every day Christ is revealed in me more, then I learn to love more because he is love. And if I learn to love more, then I learn how to love my wife more. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And that's just not me. It needs to be you too. We can learn to love more. We can learn to love on, on, on a deeper level. That's not what we're talking about today, but um, just thought I would throw that in there. I'm excited today because, and this one's, this one's going to be hard for me. I'm, I'm just letting you know. But today um, we get to start a, a three-week series called Who Said? And I want to run through a little bit of a story that began for us on June the 19th. Really, it began a long time before that. And maybe I should just give you a microphone to fix all the things that I say incorrectly. But um, so really, since about January or, or thereabouts, um, Tiffany had been having some some stomach issues, some digestive issues, and and um, not being anything that she ate seemed to irritate her, and um, we thought maybe it was an intolerance, so we went through some allergy testing, some intolerance testing, and things like that. Tried to process of elimination. If I cut out this, if I cut out that, um, and it would seem to get better for a little bit, and then it would get worse. And um, one of the things really spoke to my spirit because it said that um, she may have an intolerance to lettuce. And I thought, see, I have said for years, you don't need to be eating that stuff. No salads. Salads are bad for you. 
Um, and so I was like, that's Jesus right there. But as we went on, just it, nothing seemed to be working. It seemed to be getting worse. And um, so she went to the doctor and had some tests ran. And you're going to have to remind me of the tests because I, I, I never remember what these, um, what these things are called. But the first test you had ran was a ultrasound. And um, the ultrasound um, came back and, uh, and it showed that she had some spots on, on your liver. And I never remember what's first. But the ultrasound showed that there were some spots on the liver. They didn't know what the spots were. Um, but they sent her for an, say it again, a CT scan. All right. Sent her for a CT scan. I don't even watch doctor shows on TV, you guys. So, um, so I really don't. You're like, man, I learned that on Grey's Anatomy. I bet you did, but I did not. So um, my sister's a doctor, and um, I'm far from it. So um, she goes for a CT scan, and um, that, the, the CT scan, when, when we got the results back, um, the doctor got the results back, she, she said, I need you to come in uh, immediately to talk about the results of the CT scan. And um, at that point, fear begins to, to creep in, right? Why do we have to go immediately? Why is, why is this such a big deal? Why, what does it mean? What's there? What, all these questions, right? And so the Sunday uh, before we went in for that CT scan, uh, for the results from the CT scan, um, Pastor Daniel gave a word that Sunday, and I want to show that word. Michelle has it back there. This is the word that was given. As I was partaking of the bread, the communion table, just a few moments ago, I got this picture in my mind, and I want to pass this on. I, I hear the Lord saying this that someone that you got you got something some kind of I don't I don't know if it's a cancerous growth or or what it is but something that that doesn't belong in your body let me put it that way something that doesn't belong there God didn't create it. He didn't put it there. But here's, here's the picture that I got in my mind. As I opened my mouth this morning to give thanks for the broken body of the Lord, I just pictured this, that, and, and I want, if you've got a, a, a cancer or or some kind of a growth or something in your body that doesn't belong there I want you to get this picture as you open your mouth to give thanks for the broken body of the Lord I want you to see that thing coming with with your words of Thanksgiving just coming out of your mouth onto him praise God because he bore your sickness your disease and your pain 
to whoever that is today, if you'll receive that word from the Lord, you see, by giving thanks, it comes out of you and onto him. He took care of it. He dealt with it. He dealt with it properly. Disposed of it. Praise God. To receive your healing today, whoever that is, whether you're online, whether you're in this room today, and no matter how many people there are, in fact, I, I sense that there are, there are multiple people that are hearing my voice right now, that are hearing this word. If you'll receive it, multiple people, and then I want you to give us a report of it. So that Sunday morning, Father's Day, when he gave, when Pastor gave that word, if you'll, you probably weren't paying attention, but, but there when I was playing the guitar, I, I stepped back. And the reason why I stepped back is I knew as he was giving that word that that word was for us. And I, I didn't know what the results of the, the CT scan um, would say. I didn't, I didn't know. But I, I knew that that, that that word was for us. And, and I knew after church, Tiffany said, <laughs> I better not look at you. <laughs> Tiffany said, you know what? I, I know that that word was for us. She said, I know that that test was already done before the word was given. And so I don't know what the doctor is going to say. But I know what God said. I know what God said. And so we refer to this day, Father's Day, as day one. Day one in our journey. Because our journey began with the answer. Our, and, I, and that's very important. Our journey began with the answer. And so we go into the doctor on, on Wednesday, right? And uh, the doctor comes in and, and says, this is not what I wanted to tell you today. And she said, I'm just going to read this verbatim. And what she read off, I can't use the words that she used because we already established the fact that I don't understand them or I can't say them. So, but what she said was there's nodules that are on your colon, originated in your colon, that have spread to your liver and to your lungs. And we believe those to be cancerous. Now, immediately when she said that, I'm trying to process. And I think that, well, I, I know, we all know that Tiffany is smarter than me, and she, had, she, she knew more of what that meant than I did. And to hear those words and to hear, it, it, it's the words that, that you never think you're going to hear. I know that when cancer is in a, a stage where it begins to spread like that, the only way is a miracle. 
And as we left there and we left the, the doctor's office and we had scheduled a, or, or they were trying to schedule a PET scan, they said it was going to be, what, a month before they could get us in here. And we're like, no, that's not going to work. A month is not going to work. The doctor was trying to find other places, and we were trying to find other places, and all of these thoughts are flooding in. Number one, Tiffany and I are both self-employed, and we don't have conventional insurance. We do have insurance, but we don't have conventional insurance. And so the thought was, how do we pay for this? The thought was, how long do we have? The thought was, what comes next? The thought was, I don't know if this is something that we can overcome. But as we're sitting there in the doctor's office, and tears are rolling down, I said, you know what? We already got the report. We already got the report. God has already given us his report. So we get in the truck and we drive home and we're processing, we're talking about it. And, and, um, and my dad and my mom came over and we talked about it and, uh, and we called a few people, not very many. And we're going to talk about all this. And we began down this road. I'm trying to get my timeline right, and I should have written this down, but uh, 10 days, uh, 14 days, something like that. No, it was, it was more like 14 days later. 15, it was on a Thursday. 15 days later, uh, we get a call from the doctor that gives us the results of the PET scan. And I'm jumping forward because I'm going to take three weeks to, to fill in the gap, Okay. We get the results of the PET scan, and the doctor who called, our doctor was out of town, and um, so there was another doctor in the office that called and said, hey, I want to give you the results of your, of your PET scan, and Tiffany said, okay, and the doctor said, it shows that the liver is normal, that the lungs are normal, that the colon is normal, and he said that there's no growth, there's no nodules, there's no cancer, there's no nothing. And it was very important because Tiffany asked, and remind me of the exact words that you asked him. I said, so the report is unclear. Right. Just that no Why don't you come and say this because you're going to be, I just, I, I knew I was going to struggle with this and I should have just had you do it initially. And here you go. Okay, so we also had been sent a copy of the report, obviously. Right. It was all in medical terminology, and so um, we had read through it and Googled terms we didn't know. I explained and, the whole report to her. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we um, had been through it, and we thought we understood it, but the one thing that was unclear to us was it kept saying that there are um, not any glucose-avid tumors, um, which if they were, it was most likely those would be the cancerous tumors. Right. Um, and so I asked the doctor, um, I said, so is it saying that 
the growth, so the tumors are there, they're just not cancer? Or is it saying that there's no growths at all? And she said, who said you had tumors? Um, who said you had growths? And I said, um, the previous two <laughs> orders um, for tests that you're Every office. time we look, there's more. <laughs> right. And she said, you know, obviously I'm not your doctor. I have not reviewed your entire file. I only have this scan in front of me. But I can tell you that it is saying that there are none. Um, there are no growths or no tumors. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. So we've really latched on to this. Who said? No, those weren't our words. Those were the doctor's words. Who said? Who said you had tumors? Who said you had cancer? Who said? Well, circumstances said. Medical tests said. But what did God say? What did God say? What was our report? And so when, when I think about this, and the reason why I, I, I was so adamant that we have got to bring this and it's got to be beyond, first of all, we have to give glory to the one who sent Jesus to heal, amen? We have to give glory. We have to give glory to God. We have to give glory because Jesus could have said, no, I don't want to die on the cross. But instead, he went and he did die on the cross so that we could walk in that healing. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. For me, thank you for doing it for everyone. But as I sit here and I think about this, first of all, before we really get into the meat of this, and I can't go like way into the meat of it today. But the first thing that I want to say is that I understand that this for us was two weeks. I understand that, okay? And I understand that there are people that have gone through hell a whole lot longer than that. I get it, okay? And I don't want to make light of that in any way, shape, or form. But I believe that through this, see, I, I, told, I told Tiffany, I said, the devil is going to regret messing with us. And the reason that he's going to regret it is because this pushed me to dive into the word of God and say, all right, now I have counseled with people over the last 17 years when they are in crisis mode. And I've said, do this, do this, do this. Some have done it, some have not. But I've gone through this and I've walked through this journey, but it's never happened to me. Now I am not in any way, shape or form, and hear me very clearly, I am not saying that God brought this so that he could teach me so that I could teach you. That's not what's happening, all right? The devil tried to take us out. And we said, no, 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 that's not gonna happen because my God is bigger than that. And not only, it's just like, it's just like with Jesus, right? And, and, and the, the same power lives in us, right? So if the enemy tried to come in and to take out Jesus and Jesus rose from the grave and you all sit here today because Jesus rose from the grave because the devil made a mistake trying to take out Jesus, right? And now you all sit here. Well, the devil made a mistake because I believe that God has revealed some truths to us that will revolutionize your life. I believe that with everything that I have. 
And so what do you do when crisis comes? How do you handle it when crisis comes? I felt not only personally attacked because the enemy was attacking my family. I didn't feel, I felt personally attacked not only because he was bringing sickness and disease against us, but I felt personally attacked on a ministry level and on a spiritual level because I felt like the enemy was coming at me and saying, you told all these people all these things and now you have to walk it out. Let's see how you do. Let's see how you do. And if anybody knows me, I'm one of the most competitive people that you ever know. And if he's going to bring it, I'm going to bring it harder. Amen? And I'm here to tell you that it's not just, it's, it's not me bringing it. It's the power of God through me bringing it. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. So I want to start today <laughs> with prayer. Introduction, right? Like a 20-minute introduction that clock says six minutes and 39 seconds. <laughs> Father God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you that you are alive and you live on the inside of us. God, I thank you that you have given us your reports. God, I thank you that you have chosen us. You have picked us for a purpose that's far bigger than us. And I know that what you have spoken over us, you will be faithful to complete. So God, we ask you today to speak to our hearts. Through your Holy Spirit, reveal truth unto us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I have a ton of scripture today, and I'm gonna put the scriptures up on the screen. Please, write down the references and go back and look at them, okay? Please do that, because I don't have time today to unfold these the way that they should be unfolded. All right, I'm just going to communicate this as best I can in the shortest time frame that I can so that you can go eat lunch but feel accomplished when you go eat lunch. All right, is that fair? All right, we still got two more weeks, but there's a lot of material. The first thing that I want to focus on is this, who said, because the, the first thing that you've got to establish as a baseline in your life, the scripture tells us, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Did you know that there's not a time on the calendar that comes that says today is the evil day? Everybody get ready. It's not like Christmas, right, where they begin to put out the Christmas trees in like September. Like Christmas is just around the corner. It's not like that. You know it's coming up. There's a buzz around it. You don't go to Walmart and you see evil day supplies, right? You don't know when it's coming. You don't know when that day is going to turn evil. But he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And then he says, when you've done everything that you can to stand, I want you to continue to stand. When everything that you have been trying to do and you planted your feet in and you're beaten and you're broken and you're bruised and it just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming, what do you do? You stand firm. You do not relent. You do not let up. And how do you do that? Well, the scripture tells us that though things are impossible with man, nothing is impossible with God. Amen? The scripture also tells us the same word where he says, done, having done everything to stand, you stand therefore. The exact same root word is used when Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, 
Let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. It's not easy to take up your cross. It's not easy to take up those things. In fact, it's impossible because that cross is immovable. But when you deny yourself and you say, God, I cannot do this. God, I am incapable of this. Then his strength is made perfect in your weakness and that cross becomes movable and you follow Jesus. Amen? Even just to follow Jesus is a miracle. Because we take up our cross, that thing that we were chained to that we just could not get over, and we follow God. We follow his plan for our life. And so when he says, having done all to stand, stand therefore, he said, you've done everything in your, in your own strength. You've done it all. You can't do anything else, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep standing. But I can't do it anymore. No, I want you to keep standing. How? Because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And you say, God, I cannot stand anymore. You have to do it for me. You have to plant my feet. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number one, he says, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been Revealed. Now, if you read the rest of the chapter, he goes on and he talks about Jesus. He's prophesying about the one that is to come, about Jesus. So when he says here, who has believed our report, what he's saying is who has believed the news about us? Who has believed the rumors about us? Who has believed our reputation? Who has believed, and I'm getting ready to tell you what that reputation is. And he goes on, I encourage you to read the entire chapter. If you want to get pumped up in your life, read Isaiah chapter 53 that prophesies about Jesus who now lives on the inside of us. Amen? But he says, who has believed our report? We have a decision to make, a baseline for our life. What are we going to believe? And I'm going to tell you this, that it's extremely important that you make the decision right now, not when you're in crisis mode, you make the decision right now that I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. You make the decision right now that I don't care what comes my way, Jesus said this, and I'm going to believe it. That's my baseline. That's my report. And so you may hear other reports. You know, the Bible never promised you, Scripture never promised you that you will always get a good report. Never. It never says that in Scripture. But it does give you a report. It gives you the final report. And when Jesus hung on the cross and he said, it is finished, that was the final report because it was done. There were no more reports that had more validity than this one. Now, I'm not saying that the other reports don't have validity but I'm saying that I have the final one. So however this walks out, that was something that we talked about a lot. I don't know how this walks all the way out. I didn't know. After hearing the diagnosis, I did not know that the PET scan was gonna show a clean bill of health. Did not know that. But I knew that the final report was healing. I didn't know if that was going to come in six months. I told, I told Tiffany yesterday on our anniversary, I said, you know, this anniversary is, is, is really, it's different to me. It's special to me because 
there for a little bit, I didn't know if we were going to spend this anniversary having treatment somewhere or I didn't know. I knew what the final report was, but I didn't know what the middle was going to look like. You were never promised a good report every time, but you're promised a final report. Grab onto that report and don't allow yourself to let go of it. And I mean don't allow yourself because you're going to have plenty of opportunities to let go. But don't allow yourself to let go of it. I want to encourage you to not put God in a box when we're talking about the report. I want to encourage you to not say, God, you have to do it this way. There has to be these three things that happen. Because that's just going to set you up for discouragement. Don't put God in a box. Just trust in his final report. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know all the details, but I know it's going to happen. Don't put God in a box. You'll get discouraged if you do. Don't set yourself up for discouragement. Keep your circle small. This is really important, you guys. Keep your circle small. What I mean by that is make sure that you surround yourself that when discouragement comes, that they're going to build you up. You don't need everybody's opinion. I know that you have 4,833 followers on Instagram. I know that, all right? But not all of them are your friends, even if it says they are. Keep your circle small. You don't need everybody's opinion on Facebook. Probably don't need anybody's opinion on Facebook. Keep your circle small. Surround yourself with people that you can be honest with. And we're going to explore that a little bit more as we go. But it's very important as we begin to walk out this journey, you've got your baseline and it's very important that you live from the inside out because our tendency is to live from the outside in. Why do we live life as a roller coaster so many times? Why is life just full of ups and downs and ups and downs? Why do you have to change your status on social media every 15 minutes depending on your mood? Why is that? It's because we live from the outside in. And whatever happens on the outside affects everything in our life on the inside. It determines our view of God. It determines our view of one another. It determines our relationship. But you cannot allow the exterior to affect what is true on the inside of you. You need to live from the inside out, not the outside in. And that was very important for us as we're walking this out. Because I was not going, we were not going to allow ourselves to let the reports around us dictate what was happening on the inside of us. Because my spirit has been recreated with the image of God. Now to give you a very quick rundown here. The battle every single day that determines whether or not you're going to be successful in your battle is in your mind. That battle is in your mind every single day. 
The scripture tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What's going on in your mind will determine what your actions will be. And so what do you do? How do you handle it? How do I take control of my mind? I believe it's from living from the inside out. See, we're a three-part being. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it tells us that we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify or set you apart completely, all of you, not just your spirit, but your spirit, your soul, which is your mind and your body, that that may be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's three parts to every person. And those three parts, those three, uh, those three divisions have individual functions, although they make up the entire body. And so our spirit, if we're a child of God, we have been recreated into the image of God. We are a new creation. The Bible says in Romans, I'm going to skip one, Michelle, and I'm going to come back to it. So the Bible says in Romans chapter 7, verse 21, starting in verse 21. It says, now, and I messed you up by doing that, and I apologize. It says, I find then, this is Romans chapter 7, verse 21. This is Paul talking. And he's talking about that whole battle with his mind. He said, now I find then a law that is evil and it's present within me. He says, the one that wills to do good, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members. So he's saying that on the inside of me, my spirit, I delight in the law of God according to my inward man. But he said, I see another law in my members, my flesh, right? He says, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin that is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, I serve the law of sin. So you've got this war going on and your mind is caught in the middle where your spirit is recreated into the image of God, but your flesh is all messed up because we're taking in all these reports that are coming from all different places and we're really tempted to live based on the external and not based upon the internal, which was recreated into the image of God. And Paul said, I have this very same struggle, but how do I overcome it? Through Jesus Christ. I overcome it through the one who overcame. So how do I get what's on the inside out of me? How do I get that? Well, the tongue is the mechanism for getting what's inside of you, outside of you. The tongue is the mechanism. But see, that's tricky. Because remember, we talked about the fact that there are certain things that we can't do and we have to say, God, I need your help on this one. James chapter 3, verse 8, it says, But no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil. It's full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and our Father. With it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. 
My brother, these things ought not to be so. Well, you could just throw up your hands and you could say, well, I can't do this, right? But he says here, no man can tame the tongue. I want to remind you, the scripture tells us that nothing is impossible with God, right? So if we can't tame the tongue, that means we have to say, God, I can't tame the tongue. Help me tame my tongue. And you know what's amazing? He has helped us to tame our tongue. He's given us everything that we need in order to tame our tongue. And I'm not just meaning that you just say what you think and your mouth gets you in trouble. I know that's none of you, but it's the person next to you. I understand that, right? You control your mouth, but that other person, they do not, right? But I'm here to tell you that it's not just because you tend to spout off and say things that you shouldn't. But it's also when you're going through a battle that you're not saying the right things. How do we live from the inside out? How do we say what God's report is rather than what the report in front of us is? How do we say those things? Let's go back to Acts chapter 2, Michelle, in verse 25 and 26. David had this same issue. And this lays out very clearly and very beautifully, I think, the job of each one of the dimensions of man. We talked about spirit, we talked about soul, we talked about body, and this lays out very clearly what the job of these things are. David said this, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced. My heart, my spirit that has been recreated into the image of God is shouting victory because it sees victory. My heart rejoiced. My tongue was glad. My tongue, all my tongue needs to do is just give thanks. All my tongue needs to do is just give thanks. As Pastor said in the word from God that, that was spoken on that Sunday morning, he said, as you give thanks, it comes out of you and onto Jesus. As you give thanks, my tongue was glad. My tongue gave thanks. And then it said, my flesh, this thing right here that battles all the time, that tends to dictate everything that I do, what does it need to do? Shut up, get out of the way. My flesh will just rest in hope. What does hope mean? An expectation that the fact that Jesus died on the cross and rose again is going to be enough. I don't have to figure it out. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the, in the meantime or on this journey or whatever. I just need to rest. How do I rest? How do I begin to rest? Well, my tongue needs to give thanks. Now, I want to be, be real. Can I be real? Not that I haven't been real, but, you know. Let's be real. Is there a time when you're going through a crisis when you just can't give thanks? I mean, if we're being honest today, we're not going to be fake. God can't bless what you pretend to be. Did you know that? So if we're going to be for real, then there are times when I'm going through a crisis that, man, I struggle to give thanks. What do I have to give thanks for? 
Man, I struggle to give thanks. Faith and fear don't mix. And when fear begins to come up and fear begins to rise up and fear begins to take hold, I can't, I can't give thanks. All I can talk about is fear. All I can talk about is what if. All I can talk about is this and that. I think it's extremely important, as I said before, we keep our circle small. Because it doesn't do me any good to go out in a public forum and to talk about how bad things are and how scared I am and how, how I don't know if things are going to turn out and I just don't know about this and I don't know about that. And then we hear all these voices coming in and we're feeding ourselves with all these things that we don't need to be feeding ourselves with. That does you no good. But we made an agreement with one another right at the beginning that we were going to be honest with one another. We were going to not suppress. And I think that, that in this teaching, a lot of times we've talked about suppressing things. Not in those terms, but we've been afraid to say what we're really feeling. We've been afraid. And if you suppress it, you're not being honest about it. If you suppress it, you can't deal with it. But it doesn't mean we need to find a happy medium there because I don't need to go put it on blast what I'm thinking. But we made an agreement that we were going to be honest with one another. If we were afraid, if we were nervous, if we were going to talk about it. And you know what we were going to do? We weren't going to allow ourselves to stay in that mindset. You need someone to walk through with you. And you need to talk about it. But you need someone that will not allow you to stay in that mindset. If you want to get through crisis. And so there would be times when we would talk about some hard stuff. There would be times when that conversation was not a pleasant one. There would be times when there wasn't a sentence. It would take like 10 minutes to get out a sentence because it would be like two words, cry for like three minutes, like three more words, cry for another five minutes. But what did it always come back to, the report? It always came back to the report because we weren't going to allow ourselves to stand in fear. So, the greatest way, I believe, that God has given us to live from the inside out, and I want you, I'm not hesitant to say this, but I just want to preface it by a lot of people have a lot of ideas about what I'm getting ready to say, but make sure, I think I've earned the fact that you can sit here with an open mind and hear what I'm going to say and then allow me to explain it. Is that fair? I believe that God has given us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the way to live from the inside out. And I believe that in this world that we live in, that it is absolutely vital for every Christian to receive that gift that is given to us. I believe it is absolutely vital. I want you to understand this. I'm not saying that you cannot attain heaven when you die if you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's not what I'm saying. I would never say that. That's not biblical. But I believe that God gave us a gift when Jesus ascended into heaven. 
And he said, I'm going to give you another comforter. This is our next scripture, John 14, 16. He said, I will pray the Father. This is Jesus talking. I'll pray the Father. And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. He's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him and it doesn't know him. But you know him because he dwells in you and he will be with you. He said, I'll not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, again, I don't have the time to unfold this the way that I should. I'm endeavoring to communicate this as clearly as I can. There's a lot of misunderstood things about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the ministry of the Holy Spirit, there are three baptisms that the Holy Spirit brings. Number one is baptized into Christ. That means when you receive Jesus, you say, Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. You're baptized into Christ. I believe that the second baptism that the Holy Spirit brings is baptism in water. And we see scriptural evidence of this. Jesus was baptized in water. That public profession that I belong to God. Before he began his ministry, he made that public profession. That's the second baptism. I believe the third baptism is the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Now, I don't think that speaking with other tongues is the be-all, end-all. I think it keeps you in the right place for the power of God to flow through you in a more mighty way. Here's what speaking in other tongues did for us. Here's what speaking in other tongues can do for you. This much of it, okay? This much. It says, likewise, Romans 8, 26. No, I'm sorry. Let's go Romans 8, 16 and 17. I'm sorry. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if we're children, then heirs, and if heirs of God, we're joint heirs with Christ. We suffered with him so that we can be glorified with him together. God's spirit bears witness with our spirit. The Holy Spirit communicates with our spirit. We're talking about living from the inside out. God's spirit communicates with our spirit. If I need to live from the inside out, then I need his spirit to be communicating with my spirit. But what does it do for God's spirit to communicate with my spirit if I can't get it out? But the scripture tells us in James that our tongue creates our path. And so for me to be able to give thanks when I can't give thanks, I need a helper. For me to be able to give, and the scripture actually tells me, when I pray in an unknown tongue, I give thanks well. If I need to remain thankful, if I need to remain hooked up with the report, Jude 20 tells us that we build ourselves up on our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. If I need to build myself up, because there are days when I'm in the middle of crisis mode that I just feel like I do not want to get out of bed. I don't want to do anything. That very first Wednesday night after we had heard the doctor's report, I canceled all my meetings for the day and we spent time with one another and we processed and we talked. But I had youth service that night. And I tell you what, I did not want to go to youth service that night. But I 
I said, no, we're going to go. And we're going to do what we need to do because we're not letting him win. We're not letting the enemy win. We are not going to let the enemy take control of this. I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit and I'm going to build myself up. I'm going to live from the inside out. I'm going to keep myself in rest. It says in, in Romans 8.26, and I'm right at done. It says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For when we don't know how to pray as we ought to pray, the Spirit makes intercession for us. And then it says something very, very important here. It says, he makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, when I see things in Scripture, and I encourage you to do it too, that you're like, what does that mean? I have no idea. I encourage you to look it up. When I looked up this word, I just typed it into my iPad. It's not like, you know, you have to go through all of this stuff. Groanings which cannot be uttered. I learned this. What he's talking about is speaking things that are above what I can comprehend to speak. I'm speaking things that I can't speak on my own. Maybe it doesn't make any sense to me but I'm speaking things that I can't do on my own. It's very important as we walk this out that we pray in an unknown tongue because God's spirit is communicating with our spirit and I need to get that out. How do I get that out? I speak in an unknown tongue because God's spirit is then praying through me. And if he's praying through me, he's giving thanks well, even when my flesh is saying, what do I give thanks for? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. How do I give thanks? How do I do this? How do I accomplish what I need to accomplish? How, I, life as I know it is over. I'm in crisis mode right here. How do I give thanks? You begin to give thanks because God prays through you with groanings that are much higher than what we can understand, much higher than what I can do on my own. Three key things that we're gonna talk about over the next three weeks. First of all, when you're in crisis mode, live from the inside out. Second of all, when you're in crisis mode, you need to address every thought. There's no thought that goes unaddressed. We're going to unfold that next week. And then the third thing is you have to keep vision in front of you. You have to keep vision in front of you. You have to be going somewhere. You keep vision in front of you, you're going to be okay because he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to wrap up today and Chris, if you could come up and play. I know that there was a ton, but guys, I'm going to recap this next week. I knew coming into today that it was a different kind of message, that we had a, a ton of stuff that we needed to introduce because we needed to get to a, a stopping place that, that I believe that we have some kind of understanding that we can go forward. I am 
begging you. Be here the next two weeks. Because I'm not exaggerating when I say that I believe what God has revealed will save your relationships. I believe that what God has revealed will save your jobs. I believe what God has revealed will save your lives. We've got to keep ourselves in the right place. The first thing that needs to be done is that we ask Jesus to come into our life. It's the first baptism. So today, if you're here and you're like, man, I've never invited Jesus in. I want to do that. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. That's every day that passes. Today is a day of salvation. We don't have to wait for another day. Today is it. Today's the day. Scripture tells us in Romans 10 that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we'll be saved. What you're doing there essentially is you're saying, as we've even talked about today, I cannot do this by myself. I need you. Your way is better than mine. And I need your help. And so when we say, Jesus, you are my Lord, we're saying, I give you the authority to rule in me, to change me, because I need changed. So if that's you today, and you've never received Jesus, I'm going to come down here. I want to invite you to do it today. And I want to invite everyone in here to say it with us, to say this prayer with us. As a show of support to those who maybe haven't. See, we're, we're family here. We don't need to single anybody out. We don't need to make you feel weird. This is a you and God moment. And we just want to be here to say we love you. And we're so excited for the decision that you've made. So if you're in this room today or you're watching us online, you've never received Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to say this prayer with us today. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that for the very first time, I want to ask you to tell us about it. You don't have to stand up and hear anything like that. Just write it on the card. On this card that you see in the seat in front of you, it says at the bottom, I prayed the prayer to choose Jesus today. 
If that was you, you've received Jesus today, just check that, maybe put your name on there. If you want us to contact you, put away that we can. And just leave it in the seat. We'll pick it up afterwards. If you're online, drop us a message. Contact us. And then if you receive Jesus today, I want to ask you to do this online at wolcarlsbad.com right there on the homepage. We have a book that you can download called I Choose Jesus. There's a little video that you can watch. Do that, all right? Go to our website and do that. Guys, the second thing I want to ask today, we talked about it. Really, we just scratched the surface. But we talked about baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to make this quick today. We don't have to make it long. It doesn't have to be drawn out. But if you want to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit today, I want to invite you to do that. It's given to all Christians. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be crazy. And Just like you asked for Jesus to come into your life, we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come in, to baptize you in his Holy Spirit, to baptize you, to, to give you the evidence with of speaking with other tongues. And I'm confident today that just like asking for salvation and asking for forgiveness and God gives those, and we're confident in those facts, I believe that when we ask to be baptized in His Holy Spirit, to be immersed in His Holy Spirit, that we receive that. It comes with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, which the scripture describes to us as the tongues of men and the tongues of angels, but it's not going to be something that you understand. See, it's, it's our spirit praying through us. And you may ask, well, how do I know what to say? I wish I could give you a concrete explanation that this is how you know what to say. One, two, three, this is it. I wish I could give that to you. But I can promise you one thing. I can promise that if you ask, you'll receive. And if you walk this out, that God's going to tell you the words to say. And you begin to speak them out. Now, something to understand about this is it's something that we have full control over. God doesn't take over our body, and it's an out-of-body experience. It's not like that. This is something that when you need it, you use it. God has given it to us. And the reason I'm taking so much time on it today is because this is not something that is uncomfortable. It doesn't need to be uncomfortable. It doesn't need to be weird. There's been a lot of weird stuff. But that's not what this is. And so today, if you've never received the baptism with the Holy Spirit and you want to, then I want to invite you to come up. And the reason I'm asking you to come up is I want to take time to pray with you individually. Again, I'm not trying to make you feel weird or anything. I just want to take time to pray with you. So if that's you, then I want to invite you just to come up and let me pray with you. We're not going to take long on this. It doesn't have to take a long time.
Anybody at all? I want to encourage you with this. That this is something over the next over the next three weeks we're going to spend a little extra time on. It's an invitation that we give often here at Word of Life. And I'm doing it in a little different way than, than we normally do. But over the next three weeks, we're going to spend just a little extra time on this because I believe that it's vital. And I know that there are people in this room that you've not received and you need to, but let me say this, I'll never put any pressure on you in any way. But what I want you to do, maybe you're sitting there, it's just kind of tugging on you. What I want you to do, I want you to go home, I want you to pray about it. I want you to ask God to show it to you. I want him to reveal himself to you. And then maybe next week, you're like, no, I got this. Maybe it's midweek. I also want you to know that I don't have to be there. If you're ready to receive the Holy Spirit, it really has nothing to do with me anyway. I just happen to be up here with the mic talking too much. So if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all you have to do is say, God, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. That's it. And then as you begin to pray, and this is just what I would encourage you to do. This is how I would do it if you were standing right here. What I would encourage you to do is just begin to give thanks. God, I thank you because you're so worthy. God, you're so good to us. God, you're glorious. I thank you that you have chosen me and picked me. God, you've pulled me out of the darkness. You pulled me to your light. God, I thank you that you've given me all the things I need to be successful. God, just begin to thank God out of your heart, whatever it may be. And as you begin to thank God, then words are going to rise up in your heart that you don't know. Say them. You're by yourself. You may think it sounds crazy. It does. Say them. As you do, then you're yielding your tongue to your spirit and you're beginning to live from the inside out. Last thing I'm going to do today, very quickly as we're over time, is if you're struggling with anything in your life, whatever it may be, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you any questions at all. We just want to pray for you. If you're struggling with anything at all in your life, I just want you to lift up your hand. That's all I want you to do. Lift up your hand if you're struggling in any area of life. Now let's pray for these, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I pray for these that are going through hard times. I pray for these that have been under attack. We join together as family of God, and we join our faith with God, your faith, today, knowing that Jesus paid the price for our victory. We give you praise. We give you thanks today. In Jesus' name, amen. As always, I want you to remember these as you go through your week, and I want you to pray for them again. That doesn't mean you're texting them. It doesn't mean you're messaging them and saying what's going on in your life. It just means that you're praying for them. Maybe you don't know their name. God, I thank you for the, the, the young man that was sitting in church today. That's good enough. He knows. He knows. We're joining together as family, right? 
Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for indulging me a little bit longer today. I apologize for that, but I hope that you got something out of it. And what I want you to do is to meditate on it, listen to it again. Come back next week because we're going to open this up. And I'm telling you guys, next week's a lot better than this week. All right. I'm telling you. All right. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love 